0: Hello, welcome back to Tales from a Cult Insider, this wonderful and delightful podcast about me growing up in a cult. Uh, In review, I uh, was born and raised in a cult that splintered off of Scientology. Uh, Just around the time I was born, this weird cult, the Process Church of the Final Judgment, uh, schismed, I guess you could call it, and one group took off and did their own extra crazy thing, and the other group. Uh, stuck around in their own kind of group and, and and made it a little more vanilla called the foundation Faith of the new millennium I believe it is or of the millennium and um, that's the one I was born and raised into uh, and, and, and that was that was my life growing up uh, this is epi- epilogue 5 epilogue 5 <laughs> and it's called what it's like to visit best Friends today yes that's right I have five epilogues so far and uh, actually expect to end up with uh, six epilogues uh because i mean why not live a little you know i just thought i was done is the thing but then there were other um stories that felt like they needed to be told uh in these epilogues so i hope you enjoy this one um i'm gonna share a couple of anecdotes about visiting best friends um you already know some of the cool stuff that or some of the interesting stuff that happened uh over the years um for example when i graduated um I spoke at the graduation, I was, I was the second number two like graduate in my class and I was uh, tasked with speaking um, and telling stories about the, the classes, um, I just moved my mic, I hope it didn't blow your ears out, um, about telling the classes history and stuff which is hard for me, um, but I told some stuff from my story, my history and of course if you've heard all the episodes, uh, you know that I made a joke. Um, that the mem- the former members of the cult because they were all still members of this group but it wasn't as culty anymore although it was still pretty culty in 92 when I graduated uh, they took it very badly and I was essentially blacklisted now I don't think that they would have like barred me from going on to the the best friend's ranch that they have there but um, they call it Angel Canyon uh, but I, I certainly was made to know that I wasn't really welcome up there and so given that uh, my mother was still up there and she was part of the group that was not welcoming me up there. Um, that was disappointing, but you know, I mean, I didn't have a, as much of a relationship with my mother as you you probably would like to, or that you have with your mother, most of y'all, um, because that was just the nature of the thing. So it didn't, it, what I'm trying to get at, it was no skin off my nose. So the first time I went back um, to visit Best Friends, let's see here, uh after going off on my life, you know, the life of get out, graduate from high school, um, have some special experiences, and learn the, the fact of God, that that there is God, God's real. Um, hey, this is a semi-religious uh, podcast. Here you go. <clears throat> it certainly isn't an apologetic podcast by any means. Okay. Um, so, you know, after the you know, fact of God, uh, got baptized, joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, here and four months later, out on a mission— Um I went up, you know, to to best friends once or twice in that interim year in four months between getting baptized and heading out to Brazil on my mission. Of course, my my stay in Brazil would be prefaced by a two a two month training stint stint in the in the missionary training center. In any case. So um Yeah, I went up there a couple times and I and I had a couple people ask me, so you're Mormon now? Yes, I am Mormon now. Of course, we don't like to be called Mormons. It doesn't bother me, but we're 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 direct. We've been asked to uh, to just call ourselves members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because Mormon we're not really Mormon. We're Christians, right? We follow Christ. Anyway, um, so what's that like? Um, it's going to church, um, and other vapid and fairly pointless questions, um, certainly asked with amusement on their faces and in their tone. And I'm just thinking. I thought then a little bit, uh, and I thought I think a lot more now that you're mocking me you have this derision for me uh for joining a well-established church that doesn't you know say the rest of the world is evil that that doesn't make any sense you people joined this this terrible organization that um that was abusive to people and it abused kids and like officially it abused kids you know by separating kids from parents and there was other abuse as well that was not official and it's granted you know, any organization, any church, the church, the, the LDS church and the Catholic church and other churches, there is abuse that happens and that's horrible and it needs to stop. But it's, there's no official abuse in the, in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in any case. Um, but they joined a church, an organization that was abusive and it was full on a cult and it was um, melodramatic in as much as it could possibly be. This is the organization that, no, they're not associated with Charles Manson, but they reached out to him when he was in prison. After he and his people murdered people so that he could write them a piece in their magazine. What the frick is that? That's not that's not seeking more enlightenment and seeking more knowledge. That's get some attention by associating ourselves with Charles Manson. So all those complaints that I used to, you know, try to try to support, you know, those complaints, oh, we're not associated with Charles Manson. I now know the truth. Um, I have no problem with saying you deliberately associated with him, so you don't get to say you're not associated with them. Although, basically, you weren't. Um, but when you seek that out, come on. Make the bed, sleep in it, uh, sleep poorly, maybe. Oh, that was vindictive. I'm very sorry. Um, so, um, I'm not very sorry. Uh, it was playful. less, More playful than vindictive. Um, I, I'm not all that angry, but I, I just, it's amusing. So, uh, I would go back and I'd get those questions. And then, when I was engaged, I was at Brigham Young University, um, I we were so so my the girl I was dating, who's my wife and has been for nearly twenty three years, um you know, she knew my past pretty early on. We we connected over theater, um, I shared some of the life that I had, um, and she didn't seem to bat an eye over it, which was kind of amazing and continues to be amazing to me. Um she um so we we dated for a while, she went off for summer, we she came back, we dated some more, we got engaged Probably a month or two. Let's see. No, no, no. I don't know when this was. It may have been early on in the engagement. It, prob- it probably was. Um, we went back to have a document signed because we were sitting in the basement of Miller, the apartments that I lived in, uh, just hanging out for, for, for part of the evening. And she pointed out that she didn't want to have my legal last name as her last name when she when we got married, that she would be happy to take Garrett as her last name. But she would not have my legal last name at the time, which was Fripp. Um, did I ever reveal that here? I don't know if I ever did. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I totally got it. You know, I'd been going by Garrett for for decades by that time. Or decades. I was only two decades old. Um, <laughs> wow, I'm old now. Um, I'm not old. I still have hair. And it's not all gray. Uh, although I am tubby. So, I... Um, I was 25 or so, wasn't I? 24? I don't remember. It's about 23, 24. Uh, and uh, I'd been going by Garrett for, for since I was eight or nine. By design, I'd found out who my dad was, and I, I took his last name. Just, but it was an unofficial. But I went by it for so long, it became the common use, right? Uh, and it became part of my name. Every time I write, would write my name, I'd write my my name. When I had to write my name legally, I would say my name. My whole name, my first name, Jared, my middle name, which I won't bother saying, but you can figure it out, uh, that legal name, Fripp, and then my last name, Garrett. Uh, and so, yeah, that was a lot of names that's on several of my original or my older documents. It's actually on my, one of my several ident- pieces of identification, old ones that are expired, especially. Um, and, but Fripp was my legal name. And so she told me, I'm not taking that name. And I said, okay. So we went back to best friends at that point. I, we're engaged. I'm, uh, I, I'd, I'd served a mission, I was teaching at the MTC, I was studying at BYU, I was pretty assimilated man, um, and I was happy to be. I was loving life, I felt uh, filled with purpose and meaning, I was studying the scriptures, I was training to be a seminary teacher in the church for, for young people, and it was great. Um, so I felt good about life and was pretty confident about things, and I just didn't care what other people thought and continued to not. Uh, we went there, and I think I may have mentioned this uh, in passing as a story. Um, in one of the other episodes, we went uh, to best friends, just drove there. Uh, I think it must have been in the fall because in the spring it's early spring it would have been and it would have been too much snow to us to drive down. And anyway, um, and I needed to see John who was my uh, who's on my birth certificate. So he needed to sign a document, an affidavit saying that it'd be okay for me to legally change my name. Um, the, a lawyer that we'd uh, decide that we, we were who actually offered to, to take this and do all the, the, the paperwork and appear in court with me for free. Um, had told me I needed to sign this affidavit that he'd given me. So we took him up, we took it up there, and John walks in the room and says, Hello, are all right, I hear I'm supposed to sign something, how? And Anne-Marie nearly burst out laughing because I'd been imitating him, you know, for the entire time that she she and I had known each other, which is a year and a half, not not every day, but I'd done it a few times, and she thought I was exaggerating. Friends, I was not exaggerating. That was his actual, the way he spoke, and I'm doing a very good imitation. He's a decent feller, you know, for all of the flaws that we all have. He was a decent feller. Uh, big old co- cool eyebrows and he came in and he signed it right very good it's so, all signed up and take, take, take have a good one and he wandered off and emory and i wandered off after a little bit after, we probably saw my, my mother magdalene at the time and then we wandered off as well um and uh that was the one time and so that was me not caring what it was like to visit best friends but we've been back a few times um a few times we've gone back uh to visit with uh, my brother so my brother and his wife um they they live in hawaii they have a little boy who's just a little younger than my youngest than our youngest and uh you know they, they he's been better about keeping in touch with people and keeping relationships obviously john stayed in the the organization uh, the cult which then became just best friends uh and john um remarried eventually uh celeste who's um who is Adam's mom? Um, and they had uh, at least a decade of, of marriage, and John has passed not not that long ago, but not like really all that recently. Um, so Matthias would visit regularly, which was better than me. I mean, I, I've always felt like he's a better kid than me, a better son. He was much better about keeping those ties, and, and of course, I, for me, I was like, close the door, I'm out of here. Uh, but he's kept those relationships up, and that's been good, and so it's actually brought us down to best friends once or twice. Uh, we've met there for lunch there's a if you've been to best friends or if you go you'll you'll this still sound familiar uh you walk into the village which is kind of the main gathering place and there's some office space and there's some residences there but there's a big hall a big kind of banquet dining hall which is the main um, body of this building Uh, you walk in it's with these really big doors that's cool a really beautifully put together uh, hall that's got tile floor, but then it's got a sunken living room sitting area with carpet and stuff that looks out over this and beautiful Canyon, uh, these huge, like we're talking 18, 20 feet tall or maybe 15 foot tall. I don't know, glass doors uh, and windows that you just, it just this incredible open panoramic view of this Canyon. And then outside that is actually a deck, which wasn't there when I was, it, it, spending time at best friends that I don't know how old it is, but I mean, it's gotta be 15 years old, but I, I mean, it was not there when I was there, when I was there, that was a a small uh, patio of uh, flagstones, uh, sandstone flagstones. And then you there was a drop off. And so they've done some very impressive engineering and, and, and building there. Um, You know, so we go there and, you know, we have lunch and we've sat with John and Celeste a couple of times back in the day. Uh, Maybe the last time we did this was some years ago. Um, had a dinner there that was nice a couple people there were there would be rarely a couple people who recognized me, most of the people there's some sun shining through there and that's okay most of the people didn't recognize me and I didn't recognize them why? because it's a giant employer, I think it's the biggest employer in all of Kanab, Canab, certainly Kanab and possibly, probably Kane County um, I think bigger an empl- employer than the BLM and stuff so not, BLM in this case is Bureau of Land Management. So um, that, that's always been interesting. You know, I go there and I sit down with, with John and John was recognizable and Celeste was recognizable. And some of these fe- folks even knew uh, Matthias and Kamel and their boy. And so they'd come and say hello. And they'd look at me and I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> because again, I, I rarely would come over. And so no, none of them would know me. And these were employees who I'd never met, uh, but they knew, you know, the founders and then my brother in some cases. And they, you know, I'd have to introduce myself. So it's very interesting because um, it's not like going home and it not being home because it was never home. But, you know, I've seen lots of stuff happen in that sit down, in that step down, sunken living room and sitting area. I've been involved in Sunday celebrations and heard revelations, which were just, you know, diatribes about what we're supposed to be doing with our lives there. Uh, I've watched Commando in that room. Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie Commando, my have 20 times over a summer or two. Um, I have uh, flirted with a ch- with a Scottish girl in that room. Um, I have helped create dinner in the two kitchens that were that are just the other side of the wall. I've helped serve dinner uh, in that room in those rooms. I've helped set up chairs. I've helped. I've participated in cult rituals on Sundays. You know, there not like killing people. We've talked about this. You know, just singing and um word scriptural word blood us also other things that people would do i've read a poem in that uh main tiled room uh during one of those celebrations where the tables are gone and we're just in circled chairs and stuff like that i've heard gregory sing the mark of the beast is upon mankind in that room and then these folks are coming up to me and saying who are you or being interested in who i am and i'm like well i'm jared i'm I'm one of the kids, like, oh, one of the kids of the founders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say that as if it's like, oh, he's coming home. How sweet. And I'm like, do you have any idea? Because they don't have any idea. You know, um, there are quite a few of my peers, my colleagues. I'm going to have to close that blind in a second, uh, who are still there, you know, and they are on good terms and good relationships. And I'm on good terms and, and have good relationships as well. But it's very different from the people who stuck around right? My, my energy and my posture with it towards them and with them in relationship is fundamentally different from those folks who've stuck around, who have kept those relationships, who have built new relationships, who've seen the organization evolve in the way it has, and who've been a part of that. Uh, and it's not like me coming home, guys, although I have some very good memories there. I've also got some really crappy memories there and some really bizarre memories there. Um, and, and so, you know, hearing this oh that's sweet that he's coming home and for them to in some cases in most cases not even have any idea who i am and honestly not any idea who my parents are you know i mean because there's no there's no talk of my father bruce uh magdalene is mostly forgotten there as well as far as i know her, her final husband uh, paul is also mostly for, forgotten as far as i can tell although he's probably a little better remembered so i mention these names and people who've been there for a long time say oh oh, I think I know who they are. Yeah, the, like, yeah, Magdalene's my my mother and Bruce is my dad. And, um, and uh, Paul was a stepfather, although I didn't have any kind of relationship beyond he's the guy who doted on my mother and who treated her really well and loved her. So good on him. Um, and died bizarrely and unfortunately, of course. I mean, most of those are, most deaths are kind of unfortunate, but not all. I tell you what. So um, yeah, that, that's, it, it, it's interesting to hear them see it that way and express it that way but the reality being nope I'm here because I love my brother and I love his wife and I love their little boy and I want to just build relationships with them and I want to spend time with them and I'm glad that my wife is here with me when, when she's been able to we brought our kids there I think if I remember right one time to have some very vegetarian food um, <laughs> that they were like oh okay we'll try it uh, my kids are pretty gung-ho that's about that sometimes it's really good um, and and it, there are some eyebrows raised because we are visibly, fundamentally different from everybody who's there, and and that's kind of where I'm going to pause for station identification, and um, we'll come back and tell just a couple more quick stories and talk about the kind of disconnect that uh, that I experience when I'm when I'm visiting best friends. All right, thanks for coming back and sticking with me through the uh, station identification. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about some anecdotes about visiting best friends, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll be done here. So, I mentioned a disconnect. There just is a disconnect, and that, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, right? It's just such a different organization than it used to be. Uh, it's much more I mean, corporatized, clearly very corporatized, and, and that's good because, you know, that prob- hopefully keeps them more honest. Um, I think it does. I'm not going to soften that. Okay, um, and uh, um, and it, it, it makes the the processes work better, and they, hopefully they, they're a good employer. Hopefully they're enjoyable to work for. I hear that they don't pay all that well, which is too bad. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty corporatized now, and so you know, lunchtime is is lunchtime, and and pe- there are people who are paid to make the food. Whereas I mean, I I spent two two months out of every summer for five summers uh, in a row figuring out my own lunch you know i'd go and make burritos i learned to, i learned to love now don't get bark on me here i learned to love ranch on a burrito so i would do like a tortilla and i'd put a couple you know a swath of beans down i put some cheese down uh and uh if i could find some meat but meat was a little unusual there sometimes which shouldn't come as a surprise and i would um nuke that i'd make two of those i'd microwave that uh, to heat it up get the cheese melting then i'd put a little string of uh i'd open it back up and put a little a little string of ranch in it and that was tasty man that's some savory stuff i mean you know you can you can tell why i'm in the you know i'm a picture of health honestly i'm I'm physically very impressive i'm I'm not anyway um and those habits have continued and uh sustained me through my life up till this very point so um you know it's interesting to have had those experiences to have done cleanup to have made dinners to have had those other all those other experiences there uh and have and and to look essentially very nearly the same um but to have it be so thoroughly different as well uh and so he's come home Uh, not really no home is where i live with my family um and again there was no particular home home bespeaks or assumes a safe place a place of refuge hopefully for many many folks um, and a place where you feel like you can trust those those that are there and again the kids yeah I felt like I could trust them some although I should have trusted them more It's still a lifelong regret I'll probably have um, at least it doesn't have emotional baggage anymore but it's a, you know I remember the regret of, of not trusting the kids that I should have trusted with more of my inner workings and inner life but such is life there's no going back. But yeah, I never trusted the adults. Why would I? They didn't seem to like me. They treated me like the enemy, which is, you know, a drum I've knocked and beat several times throughout this podcast. And so, um, yeah, Uh, let's see. So we were talking about visiting down there with my brother. So um, we also, one of the times, so we go down to Kanab pretty regularly for the 4th of July. The 4th of July celebration is good, really good down there, but don't go there because it's getting too full and too big. Uh, either one of those times or some other time we happened to go down, we decided we'd take a tour. Uh, we do So Best Friends runs tours, and that's pretty neat. Um, so we decided we'd do a tour of Best Friends with the kids so that they could see what it's what it's all about. And we should do that again. Honestly, that was really neat, and it was cool for them to see where I used to live and what I used to do. Although it just looks completely different. I mean, I helped John for a summer build cat runs. You know what we used for those cat runs? We used... Um, knotty, old, jagged and, and, and and gnarly, uh, tree trunks. I think they were cedar or something. I think they were cedar. Yeah. Uh, they were round ish and they were generally straight ish, but they were just very rough. We would use those for the, for the posts, for the framing of the, of the cat runs. And then I, I mean, I've spent, I spent hours putting those in the ground, our stapling chicken wire all around them really tightly. Um, I learned to uh, use bailing wire and a baling wire tool to connect uh, rows of chicken wire with some overlap so that they'd be a nice tight fit or a nice tight closure enclosure. So cats couldn't jump through and hurt themselves or get away. Uh, there were great horned owls down there. I've talked about Francis yelling for Freddy Freddie, 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 Freddie. Um, and the great horned owls would run, would just take off with cats sometimes. Uh, so you had to keep them safe and keep them well-protected. That's what I I helped build cat runs, you know, and now that's nothing at all like what they look like, right? Cat Cat Town or whatever it's called is incredibly well appointed, uh, very well put together. Nothing rustic about it. If there's anything rustic, it is like shabby chic type thing, right? Um, so yeah, in in any case, so I mean, I saw all that, and uh, like I could also see, I could I could su- I superimposed what I saw then over what my memory was and it, it there's so much difference uh but and it all looks a little smaller because of course i'm bigger but um my kids loved it so we did a tour we went down to the best the visitor center not the one in the middle of town but also but the one on the 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 slightly more uh, south end entrance of best friends which is the main entrance went to the visitor center got you know hung out for a little bit i think we bought a couple of souvenirs for the kids and set up a tour and we went on the tour and we got to stop at the dogs where again i helped build some stuff but mostly i did a large amount of poop scooping fun times um excuse me and um you know we i i could point it i you know this place i i'm I, my father and virgil you're running the backhoe virgil running the backhoe um we moved trench or moved water supply pipe that i think it was two or three inch water supply pipe from um It's probably two inches from 18 inches down uh, to three feet down to get it to stop from uh, to stop freezing along with the water pipe, though, was also power. uh, And so we had to be really careful with that. And I could point that, you know, I know exactly where that was. I did. I did. I think we did two or three miles of that um, in the Dogtown area and um, also along the main county road that leads up to, you know, the other parts from Dogtown, like the village and other the Pueblo, um, the bunkhouse, all those things. You know, so, I mean, I remember better what I used to experience there. And I look at it there and I'm like, yeah, this looks like it, but it also looks so much different. Uh, people would greet me, people I'd never met, people who'd never met me, people who didn't know me from Adam. And when I said, I'm Jared, they would say, oh, nice to meet you. And I would say, and I actually helped build this. And they'd be like, huh? Uh, so many of them didn't even know the story of how it all started. let would say, yeah, Magdalene was my mother. And they'd be like, huh? Um, and I'd say, yeah, and my dad and his Wonderful wife, uh, Susan, and their little daughter, my delightful sister, lived in that chalet over there, the A-frame. And they'd be like, what? Um, and I'd be like, yeah, I used to catch flies off the table in the bunkhouse uh, with my hands. Um, and I, I dug trenches there, too. I dug trenches everywhere. That whole property is full of trenches that I used to dig. <clears throat> Hope used to live there. Um, Tyson used to live there. um <clears throat> uh lots of other in, in any case so you know i have all these memories of where these things are and it feels very disconnected for me my kids loved it though we we stopped at cat town for a long time cat town it's not called cat town i don't know what it's called where the cats are um and um my daughter and my all my kids just loved cuddling with the cats and hanging with them that it, it was really fun honestly i'd like to have my kids be able to go down and volunteer there sometime uh it'd be cool if we could you know find the time find the money and other resources to to go down for like a week and have, have, uh, have some volunteer time. I wouldn't mind volunteering as well. Uh, there'd be interesting. Um, uh, you know, the steel building is where I used to, I, I'd shower. I showered for two or three of the summers that I was there uh, and the steel building, maybe, maybe all the summers. Now that I think about it. No, 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 Two or three, maybe four. Cause for the last one we were above the Pueblo when we would just go down to the Pueblo and shower. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We set up our, we set up our tent city on the, on the rise just above the Pueblo Uh, in in any case, so, uh, that's what it's like for me to visit that. And so going on that tour was very interesting and having maybe, maybe 5% of the people I would talk to know, know who my, at least my mother was, know the name and know Paul and know his name. And none of them would have heard of me, um, which is just fine. You know, why would I be talked about there? Uh, but it's also interesting, you know, uh, I'd mention some of the other kids and they'd say, oh, okay. And then I'd mention some of my friends, peers slash colleagues from growing up, who still work for best friends, and they would say, "Oh yeah, Judah and Kara, that's cool." I'd say Matthias is my brother, and some of them would know Matthias because again, he's been so much better than me at keeping good relationships there. Um, so it's very interesting, you know, to have been a part of all that and to have been um, forced and not forced at gunpoint or anything, of course. But there's there's no saying, "No, nah, I don't want to work today." There was that wasn't an option. Basically forced, expected to do a lot of work. Work backbreaking work, you know, every day for two months out of every summer for five years. Um, you know, but there, for me, there's, there's still a mystique, you know, to all, it all. And, and that comes with my nostalgia and my memories. And for those folks who work there, this is just their job. You know, they don't, they don't have any, uh, they don't have any emotional connection to, to, to what came before. Uh, and I'm not there to do an expose and I'm not doing this, this podcast to do an expose. Um, and now um you know, visiting best friends, quote unquote, is not really visiting best friends anymore. I haven't been on the property of best friends for some time now. Um, but that's going to change here shortly. Um, don't tell anybody, or don't tell anybody best friends. Um, but um, you know, we drive into canab and you you know, at the north end of town, as you're coming down the eighty nine, there's there the hotel that I used to work for for a little while. I, I served tables. The first uh, waiter job I had was at this restaurant. The four Seasons, I think it was, and it's a hotel where tourists, uh, tourists would come through and, and their big bus package tours. I helped move some bags with my dad. He made some good money there as a as a baggage handler and other and maintenance guy there. It's now the Best Friends Hotel or something like that. The Traveler thing. It's like a they've made it into a place for their volunteers or maybe maybe their employees. I'm guessing they're volunteers to stay, which is rad. Uh, but they own that and run that visibly. There's a there's a gym that they now own uh i guess you can have a membership there and and that's cool um so i guess it's open to all townspeople but it's owned by best friends uh which is cool of them to do that because they've got the resources and can provide that for the for the local for the town and the locals uh and then there's the best friends visitor center which is interesting you know it, there's one in the middle of town that used to be radio shack but now i'm just reminiscing about canada right but then there's also that restaurant owned by a founder of the um Of best friends and that other place that's owned by a founder of best friends and all these properties and houses some of them I'm aware of that are owned by the founders several founders of best friends and some of the young people my age Um, and it's really really quite an interesting thing to think about that now and to see that now when I also for the first time I ever heard about the purchase of the property I heard that the townspeople were very suspicious of them and um, very suspicious of them and weren't all that welcoming, so to speak. But I don't think that's true for all the townspeople. I think some townspeople probably were welcoming. Um, and, you know, uh, the first time I went there, you know, uh, being being told that, you know, we had to be a little careful and 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 being able to go to town. But we, were, we would go to town very rarely and only with adult supervision. Certainly no free reign there. Never interacting with any adults there. Uh, and then um, to land there when i got out because that's where my dad was living of course in Kanab, and to have people still be quite suspicious it was only you know i don't know six or seven years after the people had shown up after buying the the ranch and so there was still some suspicion and there was you know for good reason and there was still you know a perception that the people up in the ranch best for angel canyon as they called it and i think it's still called uh were weirdos and you know they are still kind of weirdos honestly but you know, they're good weirdos and they're doing good things. So, you know, whatever. Um and so uh and now to have them be such a mainstream part of Kanab. Uh to have Kanab and its life being kind of prolonged and enhanced by the presence of best friends and it's more formalized, more corporatized business um that it is there. So that's that's very odd to me and somewhat you know, interesting in a philosophical way and in an academic way, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. I just wanted to think about it and, and share some thoughts for this particular epilogue episode. Um, okay, two more quick things, and then and then that's it for the for this epilogue. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, I hope those of you who are watching the video aren't too bored by my delicious and wonderful background. You who are just listening, uh, the people who are watching the video, if they ever do. Uh, are seeing my office with a Brazil flag and my part of my hat collection, a Frank Frazetta artwork uh, calendar, and a Firefly poster, and my whiteboard with my to-do list. So um, I'm going to do one more episode, uh, and it's going to be the last epilogue and last episode, and I'm going to record it there. Um, I don't know exactly where, but I'm going to be on the property somewhere uh I'll, it, so the sound will be different um and i'll do a video as well um that i won't i won't do live i might do live but i don't think i'll have the bandwidth uh or the s- <laughs> signal to do live um but yeah I'm, that's how i'm going to record the, the last episode is on site uh and it'll be a nice emotional tie uh kind of tie it all up give some good fun, fun, emotional stuff uh that episode is called epilogue 6 the cult stories, and who I am today. I thought it would be a good kind of resolution for me to do that on the property. Um, okay. So again, I don't know where, and I won't be trespassing. Don't worry about it. There are some public places, publicish places there that they don't mind people being there. So it'll be fine. I'm not going to do anything, uh, (laughs) too rogue or anything like that. Maybe a little, okay. Again, (laughs) nobody at Best Friends listens to this, I don't think. Um, but if they, I mean, if somebody at Best Friends does listen to this, hey, if you want me to just do it officially all there, that'd be great. I'll do it like in the village. That'd be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, that'd be kind of fun. But I don't I don't think they'd allow that, uh, given all the things that I've shared and might share, too, at that point. Um, so that's the second to last thing. The last thing is this. Um, there are quite a few listeners of this interesting podcast out there. I wouldn't mind there being more. Please continue to tell your friends, your family, your enemies, share links, uh, share, share this video. Um, and, 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 you know, please, boy, I can't ask you enough and I can't thank you enough. Those of you who've reviewed, please review episodes, review all the episodes, rate them on iHeartRadio or iTunes or Apple, whatever the heck, uh, Google podcasts or some such, um, Amazon podcast. This, this should hopefully show up there too. Eventually, um. Please help support this podcast. It, there's some cool stuff here. I, I'm going to tell you something because I, I, have, I have decided that I need to stop being bashful about what I want to do here. Um, I want to be famous, but I don't want to be famous because I want people to know who I am. I want to be famous so, because it means that there's some money coming in because I want to travel with my wife. Um, and, and so if we could figure this out, um, I, I want a movie deal. I want to be, I want to help maybe create a script and I want it to have a biopic—not necessarily of me, but maybe of me. Uh, it's kind of an interesting arc, right? I want this to get big. I want this to get big. I'd love it to go a little more viral than it has. Although I mean, seventeen thousand listens isn't isn't bad. Um, so again, share, please, please, please share, review and rate, tell people about this thing. I want to get this in front of people. Uh, I have dreams of making this um, bigger. The story. Uh, my story, the story of being heard and not being erased, of not bowing, uh, not bending the knee, um, not letting yourself be washed over by forces greater than you. Okay, that's the story I want to tell, that we we have the power to stand strong in uh, a turbulent time and a time that wants you to bend and you don't have to. So there's that. Uh, lastly, again, there are plenty of listeners out there. Um. and I've had some interactions online with a few of them I've had a few folks comment about uh well, best friends in its current state and some folks have even said some things about best friends in its current state and some of the things that they do some of the practices that they, they have uh that aren't laudable necessarily it sounds like there are some people who know or who have been treated poorly by you know um, best friends, the animal sanctuary, the corporation, uh, and maybe, maybe either by founders or by other long-term members. And I'm sorry that that's happened. I really am. Um, I, I feel for you as a person who's been at the wrong end of that kind of treatment, although there's no right end of that treatment, the receiving end of that treatment, I I feel for you. It's bad. Uh, they're a legion. And so it's hard to feel like there's power to, 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 to fix it, to, to get retru- not retribution, but to get you know some sort of reparation of some kind. Um, so I'm sorry for that, and, and I'm not here to do an expose. I'm I'm not here to tear down. Um, I I I know that I have protested a little too much on the whole. They're doing good things, but I really I have no I have no interest in legal action. Um, but I I, I do want to just say say this very important thing. Um, I'm aware that they're not great people in some cases. I'm aware that they're also doing good things and I admire what Best Friends does in general. Uh, I, I am also aware that, of course, with all good things, there are still some things that don't go ideally and that there are some people who do behave badly. Um, and I'm aware of some of those specifically, those bad behaviors by founders and other long-termers down there. Um, I'm aware of it and it's wrong and they shouldn't do that. Um, they should run their lives better. They should be more professional in some cases. And that is that period. Uh, again, I'm not doing an expose, but I'm aware of it. Uh, and, and I'm not here. I'm not going to try to tear anybody down. I'm not going to try to destroy anything. I'm not going to try to name names or publicly shame. It's not my job. It's not my role here. Uh, but know that I hear you. I hear you. Those of you who've commented on my Facebook page and who've sent me emails and commented even on Instagram, which has been interesting. Um, I hear you. I'm sorry that, that you've you've gone through that. Um, and I, I, I do hope you can find a way to to forgive. Uh, they don't deserve forgiveness necessarily, um, but you sure deserve the peace that forgiveness brings you. Uh, our hearts are not meant to be filled with bitterness. It's just not a good state to live in. Um, and thank you for listening. One more episode and then this is all done. It's been a fun journey for about a couple, two years. And uh, until the next epilogue, I hope you... Uh, Keep listening, keep telling your friends, and my friends, like I say in my book, Beyond the Cabin, uh, go beyond, man, that your circumstances do not define you, they just give you opportunities to define yourself. Until next episode, take care.